0: what's up everybody my name is brazil and welcome back to the podcast today i have a very special guest because he focuses on a subject that i care a lot about which is human dynamics no matter what field you go into whether it's creative professional philosophical whatever every business is a people business and nobody ever formally teaches people very few people formally teach others how to deal with each other right interpersonal skills and the entire other classes that go underneath that so this guy goes by Madison himself. He's a part of a group called RSD, which I followed for years, and now he does all kinds of other stuff. Madison, welcome to the show.
1: Pleasure. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And uh, you got a really sick setup, by the way. I got to, like, get your your uh, lighting advice here. I'm trying to work on this home office vibe, you know, the man cave I got going on here, of knowledge and leather uh, and cigars and whiskey. I'd love, to, whiskey. Help, man.
0: <laughs> yes, I'd love to help, man. Yes, you're the lighting guy.
1: You're the director, so you know what's up.
0: Well, you know, I, I care about quality. and And another thing that I really care about is – People that create things of value. You know, there's so many dumb things that we could all spend our money on. But anytime I've spent money on experiences that helped me become a better person, it was an incredible investment because I got to stay with me forever. And that's the mm-hmm. business that you're in, right? You're in the business, at least now, right, of making people better in different ways. Can you yeah. just tell for the audience in layman's terms, what are the services that you currently provide? What is your your mission in the world right now?
1: Okay, I'll tell you. Yeah, I'll tell you exactly what my mission is and I'll go through what I do. Okay, and I'll give you my bio. So there's a huge problem that's happening right now. We all can feel it. We can all sense it in the air. We spent years inside of our house looking at also a little phone, which was TikTok, having 15 second interactions with a video. And we lost the ability to communicate people face to face. We were all super rusty. It is incredible. Most of us, uh, I read a study the other day that said 60% of men have not had a partner of any kind in a year. In a year. It's a long time. And yeah. so the desire is still there, but we don't know what to do about it. We're frustrated. We feel isolated. We don't even have close circle of friends. I read that one in three men don't even have a friend anymore. So we don't have friends. We don't know how to communicate with people. We don't know how to have those deep relationships to contact. And nobody is uh, talking about the problem. But it's huge, and it's there in the background of our, our lives, and it will probably ultimately destroy our society in one way or another because if people cannot relate to each yeah. other, then there's you know it's just a horrible thing. As you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. every business is the people business. So when you go to a company now and you work at a company, they're not just saying, hey, can you do marketing? They're like, hey, can you also talk to another department from marketing on behalf of marketing? And if you can't talk to right. others and express yourself and communicate, then you are no longer – at your full potential of the service to the company. So the ability to talk right. to other people, to engage people, to socially interact with other people is the most valuable asset from 2023 and onward. hmm In my belief. Yeah. yeah. So my that, mission for business and personal. Yeah. Yeah, for business and personal. Absolutely for the two. For the both, right? And my mission is to I hope have some answers And we can discuss what the answers are. We can find the answers together. And that really comes to asking the tough questions. And if we ask those tough questions, we can arrive at some solutions. Because if anybody's going to find the answer, it's going to be a guy like me. I've been doing this internationally as a hobby for 15 years. I've coached 20,000 people face-to-face. Not like, hey, guys. like In a room or one-on-one, the total is 20,000 people from 35 different countries and backgrounds. And that doesn't even make sense. (laughs) What I know or what I'm able to do doesn't even make sense. So if anybody's going to solve the problem, it's not going to be somebody who's a psychologist or a um, you know uh, evolutionary psychologist who works in a a university. It's going to be someone who's been out there interacting with people on the front lines, dealing with their issues in the field, as we say. Yeah, in the field, interacting, dealing with the issues, and solving stuff. And I just try to put that towards the best of my ability. Now I'm perfectly aware that even though I'm trying to find solutions. The world might not be ready for it. We might have to wait until the AI sex robots come. <laughs> you know, the whole chat GPT stuff and the AI robots. We might have to wait until that happens. And then we're like, oh, man, we're screwed. We got to, like, fix our
0: communication. Then, it,
1: then they might be ready for the answer. But as, in, as of right now, I'm still working on the answer, trying to be a little bit ahead of the curve.
0: Right. And in, and in plain terms, this thing you've been doing for the last 15 years as a hobby, for, the, for my audience that doesn't know who you are, specifically mm-hmm. what do you coach people on? How would you describe it?
1: Right. So at a very basic level, I teach people how to start conversations. I also teach them how to never run out of things to say. Then I teach them how to fully express themselves of who they really are confidently. I teach them how to deal with social environments and social anxiety. I teach them how to form deeper connections with people in romantic relationships. Yes. I'd summarize you know what I like about
0: that? that? Mm-hmm. What, what I like about that is that no matter what you do, you have to interact with people, right? At the bare minimum, you have to interact with yourself, right? And your family and the, and, the, and the close people around you, you know? And there really is no formal training. And now that everybody did stay home and found out that they can work from home, like the work from home world is, is really picking up all kinds of commercial office buildings are, are closing down because people are saying, oh, we don't need an office anymore, right? It's good in some cases, but it's so isolating in others, right? It almost feels like the, the subprime mortgage crisis, how it was bubbling up for years and then it hit a tipping point eventually. I feel like this isolation and anxiety is going to come to that, right? Even so yeah. much of the discourse that happens in the country, right, with everybody being so polarized, a lot of that is because they're not face to face. You know, just like you, I've been around the country and when you see people, it doesn't matter if they're in a red state or a blue state, most people are pretty cool. If you meet them in person, face to face, most people just want to do their thing. They want to eat lunch. They want to have a little fun and go to work and that's it. Like they're not, they're not really tripping that hard in person, but when we're all isolated, it's like, um, something's missing there. There's no consequence. There's no reciprocity. You don't look into somebody's eyes and notice that you said something that actually hurt their feelings, you know?
1: Yeah. Online is very different than in person. Like, I'm sure you know it as like a content guy. You make content, you're a content creator. You go online, sometimes you'll see comments. Usually you'll never see like mediocre comments, like middle ground. You'll see like people that love you and hate (laughs) you. And the ones that hate you, those most vile, disgusting things about you, about your family, about your looks, (laughs) they'll say horrible things (laughs) that they would never say face to face. And so online brings out the worst of our communication. And we don't know how to truly express ourselves or convey an idea because of the way the flow of the conversation works. And it's missing a certain human element. Like there's been times over the last few years where I wanted to go see like old people that I knew that were in the hospitals and I couldn't go see them due to like certain uh, restrictions. And like, yeah, I talked to them on Zoom, but it really wasn't the same as like being in a room with them and like face-to-face looking them in the eyes and holding their hand through a tough time. It's completely different online. And so when we lose that that, uh, touch, that skill, uh, we forget about it and we think we can just like, um, we don't, we're not even talking about like, creating content, you know, we could be, but we lose the element of human interaction that makes it special.
0: Yeah. And how did you get into this? Cause my, my first foray was when I was a teenager, my parents put me onto to Tony Robbins. Um, my parents were both dancers, like artists. And they put me on the Tony Robbins when I was a kid. And then I had this mentor in Chicago who was a music video director. And he gave me like the 48 Laws of Power when I was like 15. And that was like a trip. And then I dropped out of high school to start my company. And then I I started reading The Mystery Method back in the day. And I know that we're trying to move away from all that and focus more on general personal development. But just to touch on it for a second, um, The Mystery Method, you know, the book about, you know, how to seduce essentially, right? Really, I would say courtship. I would say it's a courtship process. But what it taught me was just the, the dynamics of value perception, right? Of like when a, a guy's in the room and there's a beautiful girl or whatever, a person's in the room and there's the other perceived most beautiful person in the room. There is, a, there is a value, a perceived value difference, right? Both in how you see yourself, how they see each other. And the whole thing was about how to understand what's going on. And work with it so i use that to work with celebrities pretty much the same methods and and i don't see it as manipulation i see it as communicating better because i I would argue that most people don't know what they're communicating right like what their body language is what they're saying they're just coming in blind they might be saying can i get you a drink or let's work together but what they might be conveying is so different but the mystery Mm -hmm. method helped me Understand that that there's a better way to convey what you actually want to convey, and then I parlayed that into business. So that's what got me into the world, and that's how I found out about you, right? Because I love people that teach people how to deal with themselves. But what was your journey? Like you're you're a master coach at this. You travel the world. You're one of the top teachers. How did you go from being just a boy to being a boy that knows this stuff and teaches it? <laughs> just you know, boy. yeah,
1: that's that's a great story, by the way. Right. I have a lot of similarities, like for what you said. The first fall was the Tony Robbins stuff, man. I, uh, my first thing I ever got was the Tony Robbins personal power. I remember I was like, mm. doing really bad in school and I told my mom, this is guy on TV. It's going to help me. I didn't know if it really would. I just thought it'd be cool. right? So I right. ordered the cassette tape program and I even like oh, burned shit. it onto like cassette tapes and like you know, copied it and sent it back. It was like super expensive at the time. Like I got the Tony Robbins kit and uh, that really just put me on the idea that personal development even existed. I didn't even know it was a thing. And, of course, everybody yes. really thought I was super weird, but, like, I knew I wasn't happy as a kid. Like, grew up in a single-parent household, very religious upbringing. Um, you know, when you grow up in that environment, people say, oh, uh, just be nice to bullies. And when you're nice to bullies, what do they do? They hit you harder. <laughs> so it doesn't work. Right. Um, you just kind of make yourself an easier target. So I, I was looking for answers in life. And uh, that was one of the first places I went to. And I really just got involved in self-development. I loved it. And I started martial arts. I did, like, Jeet Kune do. I did... Wing Chun Kung Fu, I did Hun- Sim Lung Hung Gar Kung Fu, I did a little bit of uh, Muay Thai, oh, a bunch of different G stuff. Jeet Kune Do, wasn't
0: that Bruce Lee style? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He so had the, exactly. the style of no style, basically? Yes, Just yeah, using Bruce what's Lee's necessary, is, is that his, kind of philosophy?
1: Everybody loves Bruce Lee. Lee's self-development, because he was like the first renaissance guy. He was like the first, he actually, like it was self-development before it was even called a thing, right? Like he was like, the Tao of Jeet Kune Do was all about ideas and philosophies and like, um your perception of yourself it was really deep man he was a revolutionary and broke down a lot of molds and like yeah like every self-development guy is into him and and i really idolized him when i was younger that got me into self-development that got me into like weight training as well i started like weight training when i was like 18 or something it's been like 22 years off and on um yeah just like i just got went down that rabbit hole and then eventually it was uh I think I was at, I I think when I was younger regarding like females, I used to like write little poems and give them to girls in my class. It was horrible, like completely horrible. I remember one day I wrote this poem to a girl and I was like, I I wrote a paper. I was like, do you like me? Like, yes or no, like circle one. And she was like, yes. All all my friends knew about it. Everybody knew. She took the paper, crumpled it up into a little ball and just like left it on the desk and walked away. And everybody in class is like,
0: oh, oh.
1: Like like snap, like it was crazy to them. She didn't even hit um, you with the
0: maybe or anything. She just no, crumpled just a it up. Crumple.
1: I remember, you know what's funny? I remember her exact name. I feel like putting her on blast right now. Her exact name. I sometimes go on like her her Facebook and just creep. Just like Ugh. I'm like you're still doing poorly. Awesome, congratulations. It's like I'm just, I'm happy to see. <laughs> it's so petty. I'm just like ah oh, yes, you're doing poorly. Oh your man left you. <laughs> you know because it was like back then I would have like loved these people to death. I would have like stayed with them forever. High school sweethearts, right? Um, yeah, and that just happened and continued. And then, like, eventually, I remember one girl I, I, I totally loved was my best friend, my best best friend. I would hang out with her every day. I go to her house and like clean up her like her dirty underwear on the floor and everything. And I just like would clean her house. Her mom loved me. She like make me food and everything. Then one day, I'm like, I'm gonna like tell her I love her. I'm gonna tell her. And I buy her this like I buy her this tennis bracelet with like quartz crystals in it and like sterling silver. I spent like $300 on this bracelet for a kid back then in like the 90s or whatever. It was a lot, bro. Might as well have been a grand. Might as well have been a grand. Took this thing. I put it like in the bushes. Like I go to the park and I hide it like a little scavenger hunt. I spend the whole day like writing like poem clues and hiding them in the park, you know? (laughs) And uh, it's her birthday and I bring her out. I'm like – because she has a boyfriend at the time but she's broken up with her boyfriend. she, She hates him and he's like verbally abusive, whatever that meant. Back then, when you're like, age <laughs> 17, you know? And uh, right. I'm like, all right, I'm going to hide this. I'm going to hide this. And I bring her. I, I go, oh, look at that. It's a clue. We should go read it. We go read these papers. We go around. We go around the whole place. I get to the last clue. I get down on my knee. And I present the the, the tennis bracelet to her. And she looks at me. And she goes, aww like yeah at this time I know that's like a huge red a huge warning flag it's not going to go anywhere she goes "oh" uh-huh. yeah she goes "i really care about you" I'm like yeah yeah mm. she goes "as a friend but i just don't see you mm. like that see you like that see you" and i just like it echoed in my brain for like literally like a decade <laughs> see you like that it's like emptiness in the park anyways um did she take the bracelet i think she did <laughs> I think she did I think she, did. Of course she took the gift right I can't return it anyways now that I think, I think, I got think it about ingrained.
0: it yeah.
1: yeah now that I think about it I think she got the gift too It was like the best of both worlds Anyways So just situations like that Over and over and over and over Being the good guy But never being able to Know how to give value Never having self-respect And boundaries Never knowing how to uh, Have status Never knowing how to Communicate myself in a way That would be attractive To other people After that for like You know A decade of that I'm just like That's it No more and I would just like look for answers on the internet. I'd look for little clues to help me out. There's this book. There's this is book that I, that I have. It's called Light Her Fire. Okay, this book is so ridiculous. It's like written by like a like a old like older woman who's like, if you're, you're married about to get divorced, you gotta like buy her flowers and like so I like follow like all this divorcey advice. <laughs> like imagine like, this kid, this teenager, like following advice for like like married couples who were about to get divorced. So there was no there was no skills out there. There's no like. Communication of skills There's no books out there At the time And then eventually As right. I got older Like fast forward Four or five years later um, I'm at work And I'm working As an account executive For IBM actually That was my job And uh, this guy comes over He has a book And like the book Looks like the bible I'm like what is this book He's like you gotta read it I'm like I'm not reading it. some book It looks weird And then I go I go home My buddy calls me My buddy's listening to this Audiobook of this guy Called like Nero Strauss And I'm like what is this And I started like Listening to this And I was like oh Oh, it was like, it was like, it was like the clouds have parted, you know? Yes. And if you're going to, if you're going to clip anything, you clip this part, you make it to the segment. Cause I'm going to tell you something. A lot of people say, how are you so motivated? How are you so motivated to keep going? It wasn't motivation, motivation for people who were lazy waiting for inspiration. I was desperate. When you feel like you can't breathe. Yes. When there is no hope for you, when you can't see a way out and it's either possibly end your life or enjoy human interaction, life will find a way. And the only way I had was, here's some instructions by guys on the internet. I have nothing to lose. Let me give it all I got and practice what I'm learning here and apply it in my life. You know, I don't believe in motivation. Motivation is like. A luxury. It's a luxury that I didn't have.
0: Well, it's also, also the word is also misused, motivation. Motivation Mm. just means the reason for your actions, right? Mm -hmm. And people, if they're searching for a reason for their actions, then they're not clear. I I think people a lot of times just aren't clear and they're not disciplined, right? Like there's days where I don't feel like being on set, but I'm on set anyway. I I make it happen, right? Like I'm attached to a further purpose. Yeah. Yeah, motivation's, uh, we don't use it the right way.
1: No, as a society, we don't. And when you say when you say disciplined, I also think of people that think of uh, the say the word procrastination, like I procrastinate a lot. It's like if you had no food in your kitchen and you were starving that day, you would find a way to make five dollars, whether it would be like selling like your old shoes on eBay or it'd be like going outside and washing cars or it'd be like offering to cut somebody's grass. You would find a way after two days of not eating to go outside and make ten dollars today. So, right, like if you had to, if it was a like, must right it' yeah. be a must if you you know people say, well, if I had my kid, I, I'd do anything to take care of my kid, okay, what about yourself? I believe that we would take care mm. of ourselves. I believe I believe that procrastination isn't a real thing because you just don't have enough on the line, you're not desperate enough. I believe motivation is a easy is a lazy man's way of waiting for inspiration, and I really believe in just pure discipline, and I believe really in just pure desperation and focusing <laughs> on what your life is going to be like in a week if you don't have what you need to accomplish accomplish
0: right so when you so when you first read the game yeah no i'm with you man i feel it (laughs) so when you first read the game um what did that trigger in your mind and how did that start your process to learning and then teaching
1: right uh i so i didn't know that i could do it but in my brain i said there's a way out it was like living in a jail cell and there's all these like little things it's like this, like four walls of cement in a jail cell and you don't know how to get out. And one day you see a crack in the wall and you find a spoon and you're like, yeah, okay, I probably can't dig out of this jail cell with a spoon, but let me start digging <laughs> because there's a crack yeah. in the wall and I don't know when I'm going to get another chance and I have no other options. Everything else i try tried right. has worked. So I just start digging my way out and, um, it was horrible. I remember the first few times I couldn't even like uh, make conversation with a stranger on the street. I couldn't ask an old lady for directions. I couldn't like look somebody in the eye when I'm off ordering a coffee at the coffee shop. Um, lots of fake phone numbers, lots of fake, you know, things. I, I had lots of nights coming home, uh, totally defeated walking home for an hour because I didn't have bus fare and like crying my head uh, to sleep on a pillow. Like literally just like bawling my eyes out being like, what did I do? What could I have done? What did I do wrong? How could I be better? why is it always like this? And um, yeah, I just, I just went for it, bro. And I I think, I don't really know if there was a lesson that I learned. I think it was just so much pain that I was trying to avoid, you know? Uh, And that's what just drove me. The running, running away from the pain is what drove me to excellence. At some point it was like, yo, I want to be the best in the world. That was my goal at some point, but it wasn't like that in the beginning. It was just like, literally just like survival, (laughs) survival mode in the beginning. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Yeah. first take care of yourself, right, and then at what point, okay, so, and to sum it up, so, so the book showed you, like it did for me, that there's a, it's possible to break out of the pattern that you're in, that you don't have to identify with the results, even though the results have been dissatisfying, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that you are those results, that's just the results you were getting, and then this book showed you, wait, there is a method, just like there's martial arts, there's the Venusian arts, as they say, right, and it showed mm-hmm. that there is a way to be able to build relationships, not just even sexually, just in general, like you said, sometimes when we have anxiety, it's like just asking for directions is hard, right? Forget even finding a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever, right? It's, it's just, it's social interaction, it's social anxiety that so many people have. It's, it's more than just a helping guys get girls mission. It's a helping humans interact with humans mission, right? I think yeah. it's just the first incarnation of it was in the courtship relationship field. Right. But the problem is so much bigger than that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. 100% agree, bro. And as, as you said, it was like uh I I, I realized it wasn't me. Maybe that came from the Tony Robbins part. The Tony Robbins thing told me that, you know, he says your past doesn't equal your future. So maybe from that kind of Tony Robbins base that we both had, I was like, OK, maybe I'm just missing the information and I'm not the problem. It was the first time I realized that, like, maybe I'm not the one. I just got to like change what I'm doing and if I do something different. Maybe I can have a different result, which a lot of people don't believe in life. Like a lot of the world is just based on what happens to you. It's like, it's meant to be what it's meant to be. You ever heard this? This <laughs> like this astrology kind right. of stuff. Like if it happens, it's meant to happen. And right. my counter logical argument to that is do kids in Africa deserve to starve? Do people who get cancer deserve to have cancer. No. So in the universe, what's meant to be isn't always what's meant to be. It's not what you deserve. So you can now come in as a free agent into your own life. And in some situations, you can change what is happening. And I didn't know that was possible when I was like, maybe I could do that. Maybe if I change myself, I could have a different result. That was mind-blowing at the time. At the time, that, that kind of idea process didn't exist. Like nowadays, we're like, yeah, law of attraction or whatever. Like none of this was out there. Law of attraction wasn't out there. Um, right. You know, all these methods weren't out there. Nothing was out there like that before. Like it, there was nothing. There was, no, there was no. really no industry for it. And I was like, huh, maybe I can be the agent of change in my own life. This is interesting. Oh, yes. Okay, somebody else did it. So I can model what that guy did, and I can cut years off my learning curve. He did it in ten and I can do it in five. Because he's taken all the lessons and condensed right. them down. And I can go practice this and then I can get the same result in less time. That's what you're telling me? That's what you're telling me? What? And I was like, like the heavens parted us. And during that time, let me tell you, my first guys that I went out with, my friends, I ended up, like, moving in with them. All these guys also got into Bitcoin at the exact same time. Like, half of my friends are millionaires, and I have three uh, people that I know that have public IPO companies, okay, on the NASDAQ. Yeah. And I realized with all of them, they told me the exact same thing. They realized <clears throat> that they can get an, a competitive advantage in an area. And that's what social dynamics was to them, and that's also what Bitcoin was. And they re- they trained their brain to realize that stuff early, you know? And it took a certain kind of person to be like, the world's working this way, but I can learn something and improve and accelerate in an area like a soft skill. The same way you would go when you would learn mathematics to be an accountant or you learn Excel to be an accountant or you learn how to you know, go to a basketball coach or learn how to dribble. You could also improve yourself and your mindset and your social dynamic skills to be able to go and then, like, improve your life. And I didn't know that. And when I found that out, I just, I just ran like crazy all day, all night. Super obsessed bro I would have a, I had a job Another job After that orcas as a uh, What was it What was I working as As a uh, Account executive For payment processing Credit card merchant processing And okay. I was working as that And I, I Literally would go Like out at lunch And like just talk to people Like out of my lunch break <laughs> and sometimes it goes so well i wouldn't go back to work i would just like stay out talking to them to the end of the day <laughs> my boss would be like what happened i'm like i don't know i got into a conversation I just you know they were like what are you talking about it was so weird at the time and then my boss one day he like went out to like the food court with me i think it was i never forget his name it's this asian guy i won't say his name here on camera though it's asian guy he went out to the food court with me and then i saw somebody start talking to someone he was like oh what the, this guy just started talking. About, he was telling the vice president about it. It was like the craziest thing he'd ever seen. Cause people didn't do that back in the day. It was just wild. Like go and start a conversation with somebody make friends and sit down and have lunch with them. And it just changed my life. Yeah. And of course I ended up losing the job. <laughs> my sales went horribly. <laughs> Cause I, I was leaving work all the time. just like disappearing. But I got this crazy skill that um, I knew would be profitable in the future. I was banking on it. I was like, this skill will help me in sales. I was doing sales at the time. This skill will help me if I decide to make friends. The skill will help me in public relations. The skill will help me in marketing. It help! Me, I, I just knew it would help me in all these different areas. It would contribute 10 to 20% in many different facets of my life. And that's why I just doubled down on it so hard.
0: Absolutely. It's so trippy, too, because because obviously, duh, that stuff isn't taught, but it's crazy that it's not thought, taught, right? Like mm-hmm. something so important, you would think that that would that it should be required learning in every school, just like martial arts and, and dancing for that matter, right? That You know, I'm all for inclusivity, but I think that the way that it's being presented is actually exclusive, right? Like we're not actually presenting a sense of inclusivity, which would be including everybody, right? Mm-hmm. It's, we're actually excluding a lot of people in the name of inclusivity, which I feel yeah. like it's, it's, but it's gonna correct itself. Like everything, there's gonna be a pendulum swing, Right? Mm-hmm. And whatever this pendulum swing is doing now, it's just gonna reveal things for us sooner, right? Cause yeah, yes, I'm down with people expressing themselves, but one thing they're not doing is they're not letting, it, it, there's actually a lot of repression, right? Like there's a lot of repression for masculine teachers.
1: Yeah. right? for people yeah, like yeah. doing like,
0: the kind of work that you and Owen and everybody d- does, right? Like if, okay, we want people to be better, if we say we care about mental health, we say we care about diversity, what about the diversity of, the, of guys? There's such a diversity in, in life experience for men, and there's so much mental health struggle. There are so many people, it doesn't matter if they're gay or straight, they're, they're, they're dealing with shit. There's people dealing with real world issues, and America is more so about celebrating the problem than focusing on the solution, right? Like yeah. as an immigrant living in America, it's weird seeing 90% of the conversation, even in politics, is not about what I'm for, it's I'm against that. I'm not that person. I'm not this. Like, you can't make your whole personality what you're not.
1: Yeah. Right. I agree with you so much on that, bro. I, I agree with you. I agree with you so much on it. You have no idea. Like, okay, I've been talking about this with, with my inner circle of friends. Like, I have stuff that I put out as content, right. but I have stuff that I don't talk to people about because it's not in my niche, but it's right. what I really think about day to day. And this is the thing I think about the most, right? Like, so for example, um, I live in an area where I ran into Gadsad. Do you know who that is? Gadsad? Sad.
0: He's yeah, I've like heard
1: of him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's like a professor in a Canadian university. Very Make similar to on Joe Pearson. Rogan. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He's very similar to, to yeah. the same area as Jordan Pearson. He's on Rogan. I ran into him the other day. He's in my area. I ran into him like three times in the last like week or whatever. And, you know, he talks about something called the Victimhood Olympics, where we live in a society mm-hmm. now where everybody gets bonus points for being a victim. So you go, like, I'm a victim. I'm a, you know, bi racial person of color. Like when I was growing up, we didn't have the term BIPOC. You were just like a person, right? which is good right. to have that inclusivity. But what happens is everybody competes to be the biggest victim. And the problem with that mindset is that when you're a victim, you're not looking for solutions. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is something I learned very good in my self-development journey was to look for solutions in my, for myself. You know, of course, being also yeah. like a guy who's black, right? I, um, I see this in my own community. In black people's community, the music that we promote on the music award shows, we promote everywhere in our culture is like, I sell crack to my own people. I do a lot of drugs, and uh, I pimp out my own women. This is like was promoted in like black culture, right? Typically in right. America, but it was not promoted in spinning rims. <laughs> Back when I was a kid, of spinning rims, what's not promoted is like I saved my money, I invested in a duplex, right. and I <laughs> and I took care of my uh, generational wealth of my family, so I didn't put my mom in a nursing home. We could pay for Medicare. Yeah. Like That wasn't promoted in our culture, but it's promoted very highly in like Jewish cultures or like even Asian cultures. It's like the family right. unit is very important to take care of them, their their own culture They take care of their environment. But we don't do that in the black culture. And so we just choose the victimhood mentality. And unfortunately, because we choose that, we cannot excel. There's a great author who talks about this. His name is Thomas Sorrell, I think, or Thomas Sowell. He talks about this in the black culture. I just recently discovered him last week, but I've been thinking about this for a long time. And he helped to kind of solidify my thoughts by giving me a language for it. But, uh, yeah, we do that all the time. We, we just play the victim Olympics, and then we don't think about how can we take responsibility within our cultures and ourselves. And this is the biggest thing I learned about self-development, right? Getting back to the whole self-development and social skills, the biggest thing I learned is if your interaction goes wrong, you ask yourself, what could I have done different? You don't blame the other yes. person. You say, what could I have done different? How could I have communicated differently to relate to that person? You think about what am I going to learn next time? You go home, you write down a little journal report of what you did and what you said and what the feedback was and you take the feedback and you process it and you analyze it. You don't go, it's their fault. You go, what can I do with my personal responsibility? And I got that from social skills. I got that from self-development. I got that from social dynamics. I learned it from there. And I just wish the other the rest of the yeah. world had it because if they had it, it would change how we interact with each other, right? How we interact with each other in every other ways. Yeah. And uh, it's a shame. It's and really you know, shame, and, and
0: I don't think it's about... And I don't think it's about ignoring the problem, right? Because I think that people, it's funny, because for all this talk about things being on a spectrum, uh, they treat victimhood like it's binary. Like you either are mm. a victim or you're not, right? Um, where really, that should be on a spectrum, right? Because for example, most of the deepest impacts that have led to positivity in my life were events that at the time felt very uncomfortable, right? Like there was a time where I had a business partner and we lost all this money. Boom, and I lost all the money and got evicted from my place and had to borrow money and build everything back up. At the time, it sucked. It was a, quote, negative experience, but it led me to build the business I have right now, right? So it needed to happen. So was I a victim then because somebody stole money from me? I mean, yes, technically, mm. I was. A, they did steal the money, but in hindsight, it was a gift because it taught me how to protect my money better, right? Yeah. Like, if I didn't get that little money stolen then, I might have gotten the big money st- stolen now, right? And- in America I think it's like we used to pretend like there were no problems. Now we think that everything is a problem. But really every problem is a gift because it challenges us to grow and if we could just balance acknowledging that there is pain, right? Like yes. Like like even as a guy. Like I like that it's cool to go to therapy now. You know? Like mm-hmm. that that wasn't even that cool like 10 years ago. And now to say, "Hey, I'm going to go to a trauma release workshop." Like you're you're not like the uncool dude. You know what I mean? There's like mm-hmm very tough guys that are also doing trauma healing, you know? It's so like, that's being cool to realize, wait a minute, I am holding on to pain. I am holding on to, to, to things from my past, but it's still my responsibility to fix it, <laughs> right? Yes, bro. Acknowledging I Preach. do have the pain. Preach. You know, yeah, you know, my biological father left me, but it's on me to let go of that anger. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, you right? know, I completely it, agree with everything it, you're saying, bro. Because like you, you said, uh, there's a spectrum, And before we were too far in one way where there's no problems. Now we think everything is a problem and we're too far the other way. But there needs to be a balance. Hopefully we call that, you know, the pendulum swinging, finding its middle. Uh, The problem was when we're too far on the victim side is that we can't be resourceful to solve problems. And it Mm -hmm. affects us in every area of our lives. Like you said, trauma. You know, there's people that go to trauma. They're like, yo, I know some women that are down in Tulum and down in Playa del Carmen. And they've done ayahuasca like 12 times. It's like, all right, chill out. You might want to take your foot off the pedal for the ayahuasca. You might yeah. want to ease off on that. You know, whatever you are going to discover on your 12th trip, you were probably going to discover on your first trip. And they still haven't, like, solved the problem. <laughs> They're still, like, terrible people. Look at Will Smith. I think Will Smith, in his book, he wrote, he did ayahuasca, like, like 40 times. Yeah. Did you, hear, did you read yeah, his book? A
0: bunch of times. I re- yeah, I read the audiobook. It's really good. I had the audiobook. It's really good, yeah.
1: And then this mofo still got up and slapped Chris Rock in the face. Bro, you have not dealt with your trauma. Sorry, Will. Hit me up. I'll coach you. I coach NBA players and yeah. all kinds of celebrities, right? Like yeah th- th- we can't be the victim that whole time. And I, I'm worried that that whole book was a victim writing exercise actually as well. But it's about taking accountability. And if we don't take accountability yeah. accountability, we we get stuck in a rut. Now, um, I was gonna relate this to another way. Oh man, there's something else I don't want to say on that. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm sure you've been watching these uh men's content movements that are out there these days, right? A lot of it's like misogynistic movement. Yeah. The pill colors, the, uh, yeah, the stuff blowing it with Andrew Tate, the stuff blowing it with all the people. Yeah. And if you watch one video of it, your algorithm on your YouTube page just gets flooded with it. And it's like, all you see (laughs) and all the content I see, it's true. Right. All the content you see now is like, why modern women suck, why they're bad, why they're going to take your money, why you're going to get divorced. Why this? Why that? Avoid them. They're so entitled. Okay. Uh, The OnlyFans, girl. This may be true. However, how does that help you? The information of avoiding it does help you. However, constantly just thinking about what to avoid puts you in a victim mindset. It is a defense strategy rather than a uh... What's the rather than a proactive army? strategy?: Yeah, exactly. Proactive is a better word. I was going to say offensive, but I don't say offensive. Yeah, right. Not, yeah. <laughs> right. A proactive strategy and a proactive strategy would be like, okay, this is what's wrong in society. this is what's wrong with the other team, but what can I do? Am I accountable for in my actions to have a better life? And to not hate the other side, I got to still like the other side, because if you're just like, I hate I hate the opposite sex. that doesn't get you anywhere. <laughs> you just sit home, it and you're back to playing video games. You're back to constant no fat masturbation, porn stuff. You're back, you're back to the Cheetos. You're back to the, and you're just sitting there skewing in your anger like a little turd just like, The other side, the other side, with your Call of Duty control in your hand. It's not a solution. I also think that yeah, uh, just getting jacked and making money and just like ignoring the opposite sex is not a solution. It's it's not it's not proactive. It's all a defense strategy. Right. It's a vic- it's a it's a it's a victim play. It's a better level of the victim play, not disguised as a victim play, but it's still a victim right. play.
0: Yeah. Do you have anything yeah. You want to add to that? I have,
1: I have more to go on that because I'm heated about this. This is what I talk about in my mind. Oh no, keep my friends. going. Keep going. This is the okay. shit
0: I want to talk to you about. OK,
1: so so, for example, I don't know if you've ever read the book uh, Levels of Energy by Frederick Dobson.
0: Uh, talking about the different like apathy and so on, and how it goes. Correct, correct. So for your, yeah. for the
1: people listening to this conversation, for people you know chatting in with us here, I'll just I'll give them a quick like thirty second rundown of it. It's basically like levels one hundred to seven hundred ar- around roughly, with a break in the middle. Everything from the middle down is like feelings like anger, uh, resentment, disgust, apathy, depression, right? And when you're that's called low vibration energy. And whenever you're stuck in low vibration energy, it takes you all the way down. Look at people like. Robin Williams or people like Amy Whitehouse, people that should have had it all, but get stuck in low vibration energy and just poof, all the way. A higher vibration energy thought is a thought like uh, love, giving, admiration, courage, bravery. And you know people that go to those energies, those kind of thought processes, those alpha states, they tend to stay in them, right? Now, once you're in low vibration energy, the thing is, if, somebody, if you're in apathy, which is like you've just given up on life, you're thinking, what's the point of even trying? We all suck. Right. We're just monkeys on a big space rock floating through the universe, man. We're all going to die. There's no soul. What does it even matter? <laughs> if you are just like that. And you're in apathy. and Somebody goes, comes to you and they go, you need to hate the opposite sex. That person looks like a genius and like they're God to you because right. you're stuck in apathy and they're in anger. They're not actually in love, but they're in anger. And so you're, you're sitting there like, oh, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's forget them. Let's kill them all. Right? But what does that sound yeah. like? That sounds like, that sounds like the Jews in Germany. That's what that sounds like. And the, and the, the Germans in Germany and Hitler and the Nazis, where it's like, yeah. the, the one level above apathy is anger. They're coming to take us. They're coming to attack us. They're going to take everything we have. That's not, it, it feels like it's the advancement, but it's actually still second vibration energy. So this is why I'm scared yeah, of it, like- It's
0: technically one level up, Yes, it's, it's, it's one level, like it puts you into a little more, act like being angry gives you a little more action than being apathetic, but it's still not a resourceful state. You're still in destruction mode.
1: It's not, you're, exactly. You, you, you summarized it perfectly. And it feels like you're, you are making a little advancement. It feels like you arrived at the epiphany, the be-all, end-all, the top of Mount Everest, but you haven't. You're still stuck in that phase. And my concern is that, the way the YouTube algorithm works and the way that everything works is like anger is so attractive. Once you get into it and you see it, you're just like, yeah, yeah. Like they call it like the red pill rage or whatever. People just like watching these videos, like hours and hours of these content the guys, just like kicking <laughs> girls out the house. Yeah. You get out the house. Yeah. Yeah. Foaming at the mouth and getting off. It's like, it's like, um, red pill
0: porn. Basically. Yeah, I don't think the ideas it, are it, bad. it is in a way. Well, yeah. Cause you're right. Cause it's like, It's one thing to alert people of the potential dangers, right? Like here are some ways that people can scheme on you because there are people that do scheme in all kinds of scenarios, Mm. but then to paint that as the entire opposite sex, well, then you're kind of ruining the whole fun of it, right? Yeah. Like there's, there's good and bad people, or I wouldn't even put that there's people in resourceful or unresourceful States everywhere, right? Like there are some girls that just get taken out on dates to get free dinners. Yeah. But there's guys that do that too. There's guys that just hang out with older women to just get their money, you know, the, 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 the rich widows, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's always gonna be some kind of vultures, which is why what you're teaching is so important about self respect and boundaries, right? Like, it's, it's funny how so, just having that alone is attractive in any situation,
1: right? The Even boundaries with the, and self respect, or the ability, to, he, the ability to see both sides?
0: Boundaries and self respect, because that'll, that'll, you will see it through that. With boundaries and self respect, you'll be able to discern when you meet a new person is this person smooching off me, or are we building a genuine connection, right? But with no boundaries and no self respect, is when we think that we're worthless, right? That that will take anything, mm-hmm. right? It's like at the it's at the root cause of it, because because you're so right, Madison. Because the 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 all the red pill content, it's like it's got some points, but it's so angry all the time. Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's none of the people I see teaching it are people that I would aspire to be like. Like when I look at their state, I'm like, that doesn't look like a fun state to be in. That's mostly how I kind of judge things by, right? Like as a, mm-hmm. you know, like I recently got into to snowboarding. Cause I, I remember looking at that as a kid and I was like, that looks like a fun, state to be in just being present with it I, was like, I got into it i'm like yes this, i like this activity you know and th- mm-hmm. they're 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 preaching to people from an angry perspective maybe because everybody is in apathy
1: yes everybody's apathy everybody's angry and then but the thing is when you talk at that you can never find love right love is a higher vibration you can't find yes. love in your life so like yes. I, do, do you have else you want to say the next because yeah, i
0: Oh, I got the, you take it. You take it. This. this I'm okay, interviewing okay. you. Just, yeah, so
1: yeah. If, if anybody goes online, right, let's say you've been on Hinge or Bumble or whatever, something like that, and you right. look at the profile, okay, every once in a while, you're going to find this profile <laughs> of, let's say, uh, perhaps a lady, and she happens to be like 32 years old, and her her profile is a long, are you are you in a relationship or you're single? I don't know. You Me? yourself?
0: I'm in an yeah. open relationship right now.
1: Okay. Awesome. All right. So so you're you're still on the apps, you know, but you go on the app, you see this long laundry list of things. It says like, no F boys. If you don't have a job, swipe left. If you don't do this, I don't want you. I want a guy who's six feet. I want a guy who like is independent. I want a guy who has a car. I want a guy who can travel. I want, I want this. I want that. I'm a queen. I'm a boss. I am a baddie with a bag. I deserve this. independent it's just like okay now (laughs) to any of your fellow fellows uh viewers who are watching this or ladies i'm telling you this because i care i'm telling you because i care this comes from the heart of of daddy madison okay listen (laughs) to you it may seem like this is actually a good direction because you know what you want you're not wasting your time you know what you want But when I read this as a man, I just hear a list of what you want. Listen to to every sentence again. I want this. I want this. I want this. I want that. I don't want that. I want this. I want that. What's the problem with that phrase? It's all me, 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 me. That is in a lower vibration of energy. Self-focus. What is love? I give, I give, I give, I give, I give. You know, I met this woman the other day. She said, when I get married, I want my dress to be this way. She gave me exact dress. She goes, I already have it picked out. I want my dress to be this way. I want, I want to get married here. I want my, my, my uh, thing to have here. I want this kind of cake. I want this. I already have it. How many kids I want, I have it all planned out. I said, that's great, but you're not the only cart on that horse. Like You're not the only wheel on the cart. A marriage is two wheels on a cart. And did you forget about what yeah. the other person wants? Did you forget about how you can yeah. be in service to the other person? Because I believe true love is being in service to other people, like yes. when, a, when you, that's what it is, and, and we we forget that, you know, we got like what you should really be thinking is, what kind of a partner do I want to be? And you have a list of the ten ways you can be a good partner. You know, for myself, yes. I had that worked on my brain. I'm like, I'm going to give wisdom my experiences and bring it to the table. I'm going to give you support and encouragement. I'm going to take you to places that you've never been to, introduce you to an amazing network of people, like Director Brazil. I'm going uh, <laughs> to. We're going to go to the gym together. We're going to be in shape together. We're going to be attractive for each other. I'm going to give my unconditional love. I'm going to give my uh, my insight and spirituality. I'm going to give my, like. I'm thinking about what I can give. Here's what I can give. And that is love. Yes. That is higher vibration. What I want, what I want, what I want is low vibration because you're only thinking about yourself. It's yes. self-identified. And this is the problem yes. we have with the world
0: today. <laughs> and you know what? It's funny because one of the most self-serving things you can do is to be selfless, right? Yes. Because the best feelings come from giving. Like I, I love receiving. I'm good at receiving, right? But like, for example, as an artist, I like watching a good movie. I love watching a good movie, but I love making good stuff. Like when the energy's coming through me, Right. Like what, when I'm showing up for somebody, like nothing makes me feel more proud of myself when I know I showed up for somebody, but not from a place of being a people pleaser, which is where I used to come mm-hmm. from. Right. It, up until like maybe six years ago or so, I was successfully a people pleaser. Right. Like I would do. I, I, would, <laughs> I like that. You know what I mean? Like, like I would find out what the girl wanted and I would and, and, I, and I would go do that. Right. I, w- I was a giver, but I wasn't giving from the context of abundance. I was giving from the context of what do I need to do to be worthy? Right. And I would do these mm. things and I would get and I would get rewarded for it. I would get the girl or I would get the job. But I was coming from a place of um unworthiness, essentially. Right? That that if, mm. if if they kind of changed what they needed, I would say, Well, what do you need? Well, what do you want? Right? Whatever you need. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it wasn't me being my fullest self. Right? Cause then we can say the pendulum swing the other direction would be I don't want to give to anybody. I'm selfish now. I just take, 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 take because I gave too much. Well, then, mm-hmm. then you're not really living life either just because you're mad because you gave too much because somebody took advantage of you. Well, first of all, right, you you're to give.
1: Defensive strategy.
0: Yeah, you know, like if, if you're going to give, like don't ever lend somebody money that you can't, like don't let somebody borrow money that you can't afford to give away, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're here to give, you're here to give, right? Like if I take my friend out to dinner, I'm not keeping tabs on how many times I've taken them out. Versus they've taken me out, right? It feels great. If I can afford it, great. I'll pay for the dinner. It's, it's a good feeling to be giving, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think people are so binary when it comes to that. They're either on the people-pleasing spectrum or on the just-give-me-what-I-want spectrum. But there yeah, is a middle where you can There's a middle, receive. like how you said you
1: used to be too far of a people-pleaser, and then you come yeah. to be too far of a wanter, and then you found a way to kind of like find a happy medium about it. Absolutely yeah. Right.
0: To where it's reciprocal, you know? Because I, 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 I love giving, but I, I do not apologize for receiving either, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I have no problem asking for a, you know, 30-minute massage from somebody I just met two days ago. I was like, okay, no, we're good. And I'm, I'm te- I'll teach you how to give me a good massage, and then I'll give you one back. Here, let's do exactly. it together. Right? Bam. And then we go to exactly. a party, and let's practice the massage I taught you on them. Bam. And then now we're all massaging each other, right? It's like, it's a <laughs> give the energy, right. you know? And it's like, I win, you win, we all win, you know? it's mm-hmm. It feels better that way. I, I want to find ways to promote that.
1: <laughs> How did you, uh, you let me ask you a question. How did you arrive at that conclusion? Because there's some of, evolution that you that was to the go people through to position? arrive at
0: that conclusion. Um, well, quite honestly, it was a mushroom trip. But I don't want to give that all the credit uh, because I've been doing personal development. I mean, I'm 35 now. I started when I was like 12, you know, like I'm 20 years into at least listening to and trying to apply some of the principles of personal development. Some of the time, right? From Tony Robbins mm-hmm. to you know, like all the all the teachers, right? Um, so I conceptually understood certain things, like like I could like for example, I knew how to talk good about money while I was broke, right? Like I could sound smart, like I could I could say sentences that made sense about the economy, and I could say some business talk that made <laughs> sense, but I was broke, right? So I had a time where conceptually I got it, but not but not. Um, I wasn't materializing. And it was the same thing in personal development where conceptually I understood what being up. I heard the term people pleaser while I was a people pleaser. Right. But you're just mm-hmm. so in it. It's like telling a fish you're wet. You're so deep in the water. You don't <laughs> fucking, you don't know you're in it, you know? And, right. and I was five years into this relationship with this girl where we had like a business together. We had like joint, we were damn near married. We had joint bank accounts. We had this whole production company. We were like presenting ourselves like a power couple, but we weren't really getting along like that. And, and then I did mushrooms and um, and I talked to myself in the mirror. And it was the first time I really told myself I love you. And not that I, I didn't love myself, but it was when like I looked into my soul in the mirror and I was like, "Hey, guy, I love you." And to then I was like,
1: mushrooms. By the way, don't look at the mirror because it can start to like do <laughs> weird geometry stuff. Like, where, like yeah, yeah, on that, itself? that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I've had that happen before. In this before. case,
0: yeah. In this case, I didn't get the geometry fuck up, so you know. But but I was just like being. I, was, I gave myself the kind of love I normally give other people because normally I'm very tough on myself, very disciplined. Even if I do nine things right, I'm like, well, I didn't do these other things. And I'm like, tough. But at that point I started giving myself that kind of love that I would give somebody I'm trying to impress. And I was like, hey man, you're doing a good job. And I was like, I am doing a good job, aren't I? <laughs> like, I was like giving myself self love and I realized that, that I was overextending myself, over promising stuff for clients. No days off, seven days a week. Sure, I'll do this for you. I'll do that for you. And I'll do this. I'll, I was Mr. Fixer for everybody, right? And I was doing mm. all that just to get a sense of love that I could have given to myself. And when I started giving it to myself, I was like, oh, well, fuck, well, that changes everything. Now I don't even know if I want to be in this relationship because I was only in it because I felt that, well, I, I, there, was, there was many reasons I was in it. But one of the reasons was it was making me feel more worthy, Right Mm. at the time, like if I'm being honest about it now, at that time, me being with you know tall, blonde, stereotypical trophy girlfriend, she was really smart and really talented, and I learned a lot from her. And I don't you know no ill will, but there was some component of worthiness attached to the relationship, right? Like I'm special because I got the hot girl, you know, and and it actually made me weaker (laughs) because I was using that as a crutch right? Mm -hmm. And then once I started giving myself self-love, then I started realizing, no, the journey is different. There's other things I got to find out inside of me. And then within like six months after that, we broke up. And that's when I started, you know, exploring open relationships and polyamory and more importantly, just doing more work. At that time, coincidentally, I started making more money. Coincidentally, I started going to more seminars. I did Tony Robbins' Business Mastery. I went to several like EAC seminars here, at the trauma healing workshops. I went to Julian's workshop. I did some stuff with Owen. And it was just like, and I was like, "Fuck, man! There's a version of Brazil that I love so much more than the old version of me. Like, this is this is the real me, right? Like, if I come over to your house to help now, it's because I want to, right? Like now, mm-hmm. like you know, if I offer to help because somebody of what for you free, think it
1: makes you not because of, like what you think it makes you. Like, I'm coming over to help out because it makes me a good person, or I'm in a relationship, so it makes me worthy because I have a person like that. So it, yeah. was, it was almost like higher vibration energy of the skies. This Disguise or the lower vibration energy disguises higher vibration thoughts. It wasn't really there. You thought it was there, but it wasn't really there. Yeah, you right. call it like also like the alpha state, like the like the they get really like metaphysical here, like the all-seeing eye kind of perspective, where just looking at stuff, you're not judging it as good or bad, just kind of just looking at it from an alpha state, I'm just like oh, this is what it is. Okay, oh, huh, yeah, interesting. they like very non-judgmental. That, that, that's what I would call. I think true love is when you look at the things from things from a non-judgmental standpoint and it's very hard to do when we come in and out of it several times a day um i think myself i can access it like three times a day then i just get tired <laughs> but i think we can, we can all we can all do it you know like it's it's like um those moments where you have a let's say a client or a student's not working out with you and like uh they're having an issue and they're like yelling and they're upset and you're like tell me how you feel and you're like you go more into it and you're like not judging them for yelling or being upset you're just like how can we solve this you know Um, I think that's kind of what you did in a relationship there. It's like you looked at the relationship and said, huh, am I solving this the right way? Am I going about this the right way? Not what do I want, what makes me happy, but am I I handling this the appropriate way? Am I I respecting this other person in the relationship or am I using them to feel good about myself by saying I have them?
0: Because then it could lead to resentment also. If you give from a place of emptiness, then you're going to feel that they owe you something. It's like, mm-hmm. well, well, I bought her flowers. Doesn't she owe me something? Well, I did Madison a free video. Shouldn't he give me a free trip to? You know what I mean? It's like, what? Mm-hmm. It, it, when you're giving from that place of emptiness, you start resenting people because there was a line from, fuck, I forgot what book it was, but it said, um, it said Pre- um, unspoken expectations are premeditated resentments. Mm, right yeah and yeah. when we give from a place of emptiness we're giving silently hoping that they're going to reward us later because we're such a virtuous person and then they don't and they were like see don't ever give to anybody
1: <laughs> yeah it's a very hard place to come from bro it's, i mean you, know, yeah. you, you mentioned it about the two or three minutes ago you mentioned it when you said an art mm-hmm. you said a good art versus a bad art and i'm sure you've seen this in like um i know you do music videos but i don't know if you ever watched some movies that are out there lately like there's two types of movies. There's movies that are like, we do this for you because we love you. And we're just expressing art. And there's movies like we are doing this because we want you to like it. And those are two different paradigms. Right. Like I've seen, um yes. Uh, I would compare, to be perfectly honest, I compare the, the latest star Wars trilogy. I'm a huge star Wars fan, but a lot of it was like, look what we did. We're awesome. But while they were mm. like, d- like um, downplaying or uh, disrespecting the classic characters. And I didn't like that. You know, it wasn't really about, like, like, great art is, like, when they just make the great art, and they're like, wow, look at this. Like, great art was, like, Kanye's best album, my example, would be, like, My Beautiful Twisted Dark Fantasy. It was just great sonics, yes. great art, just, like, an expression. But some of, his, some of his latest music is, like, look at me, I'm Kanye. And you're like, okay, but it's you, self-serving. It's not really the, exp- it's not the output or outflow of what's good for you and what's good. What can, how can I serve? You know, how can I serve and how can I be a service and what's good for everybody? I think that's really the highest level of, of great art. When you get there, it's, it's amazing. You know, when you get there, you have songs like "Moon River." You have albums like Joshua Tree from U two. You have movies like uh, I think Ford versus Ferrari is one of those good examples. That you was have a great movie. Like the, the oh, the Joker by Walking Phoenix was just mm. like here's an expression of how people are feeling. Let's just show it rather than like look at me. I'm Walking Phoenix. I'm a great actor. It's like here's just how. The undertone of men in the society are feeling and just like showed it. They were yes. five years ahead of showing it, right? It's just great art, just the outflow of that energy of um, how people are feeling, making them feel great, showing them, showing that they're seen and not really wanting anything back. I think that's what great love is now as well. And I want to mention something else too. You said, how do you balance it, right? Like before in your previous relationship, you didn't. Now you're getting closer to it. I think for me, the way I balance in my relationships right now is I just kind of I express my vision to people. And then I invite them into it. So if you want to clip it, this is another great part to yes. clip. Um, I express my vision and then I invite them into it. So I say, hey, my vision is you know, if I'm having a short-term relationship, I want something that's respectful and casual. And we can, you know, we can do that and have a regular thing where we see each other once a week, one at night. Or if you want to be more long-term and serious, my ultimate vision is to get some investment properties to retire our families at some point. Travel around the world, of course, and make each other better. Um, always be in communication and be loyal. And this is what I'm working on. And I want to invite you into this. And they, of course, everybody says, yeah, I want to be a part of that. Sounds great. It's a man of the plan, right?
0: But usually yes.
1: within a week, they drop the ball. <laughs> within a week, they get caught up with work or within a week, they go back to their old habits and they drop the ball. And before I'd be like, you said you were on board. where's this? And I would get upset. But that's me getting All upset. Right. Like how you said, like you get upset because it's like you give somebody flowers and they don't return the favor you want. It's like you get upset. Now I'm just like now. The way I handle it is I'm like, hey, I noticed that you were on board this this vision, and I feel bad because you dropped the ball. But hey, we can be friends, and I don't hold it against you. And if you ever feel like you're ready to step up to the plate, you know, I'll be I'll be open to hear it. The door is open on my end. That's the way. That's and the that's way attractive. It's very attractive. I don't I don't even I don't game anymore. It's the way I just date.
0: Yeah it's way way, it. it's funny how that progressed right from the beginning of 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 it being about game and now it's just about the setup of your flow of life cuz I'm the same way like not that I can't do cold approaches but I don't even like it philosophically I do I do warm connections like if I'm just mm-hmm. in my mission going then I'm feeling great in my mission. Then whoever's there, I'm going to talk to. If I'm snowboarding, I'll talk to whoever's next to me at the ski lift. Like it's, I don't go out of my way for people. It's just, I'm in my flow of life. And if somebody's right mm-hmm. there, I'm like, hi, you're in my path yeah. for a reason.
1: And you invite right. And then and like, it,
0: Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, like some of my favorite ways of, of doing dates is just inviting people to things I'm doing anyway. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it, it's like it's like, hey, I'm going to my buddy's comedy show tomorrow. I have an extra ticket. You're welcome to join us. Like, and if you don't come, we're going anyway. Like, this is the path I'm off. Yeah. And reversely, I also find that attractive as well, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. girls that I've dated that have their own little worlds, right? Like, there's one girl I did. She had a record collection. It's like who has records, but she really <laughs> had amazing record collection. And I was like, record, just like like a couple years ago, you know. And I was like, well, that's 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 a whole little world right there. Yeah, I'll come over. Like, like she she invited me into her world, right? And it's like, wow, I got I got to I like when people are on their path. To me, that's attractive.
1: Yeah, right. I, agree with then it, bro. I can also, choose. The fact is, the fact is too. Like when people, like I think dating is dead. I think it's completely dead. By the way, I think no one mm-hmm. listening to this should ever go on a date, and I'll explain why. But it's more about like inviting people into your world, like how you said. And there's often this thing too that's happening nowadays where people are using dates for validation. Like there was somebody, yes. somebody I was supposed to hang out with the other day, and I did not hang out with them this is going to sound, the the person who's watching this, depending on where you are on this journey, what I'm going to say to you might sound very, very like petty or not. I'll explain. So the person said, I usually go out to dinner on the first date. I said, okay, well, I don't usually do dinners because it's a big commitment. I haven't met you. It's from online. I said, we can go for a drink or go for a walk or have a coffee or whatever. She's like, okay, fine. We'll go to a dinner, but I'll pay for my food. She's like, when are you coming to pick me up? And I was like, oh, wow. And she's like, what? what what's the problem? Men come pick me up. I was like. Okay. but it's how she's ripe. saying it even. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It was just like insufferable. <laughs> I knew that if I was with her, it'd be like insufferable <laughs> because there's this checklist of things that she wants me to do in order for her to feel the words you said before. Worthy. Yes. In order for her to feel worthy, she needs a man to bring her flowers, to pick her up, to take her to dinner, for her to feel worthy. And the reason is because she had an ex before that was very, uh, she had a tram- uh, toxic, toxic relationship with an ex before, yeah. and she paid for everything. So now she wants a new guy to come and pay for everything and do all this stuff. And it's not bad. I, I have no problem paying. I have no problem sending an Uber. I, it's not that. It's that she's not inviting me into her world. She's like, I'm giving you a chance. Right? And I, here I am. I'm like, hey, yeah. I got this thing going on. Come along with me. Hey, I got this thing. I'd be, I'd be happy for you to join me. Hey, I plan on going to re- relax on the weekend. I might hit the sauna and then go for a gym. You want to? You want to come with? I'll show you my routine. Like I'm just inviting people to do things with me that I'm doing, so they can get yes. to know me through my world. But she wants yes. the, the tap toe song and dance because she's coming from a place of trauma. You know, so right. it's it's so hard for me to explain to people. I'm basically I'm basically the world's most undateable person. By the way, <laughs> it is. It's, I'm the most undateable person because like I'm thinking of I'm, I've experienced and thinking about stuff like four or five levels above where the average person yeah. can't even relate to it. So it doesn't make any sense what I'm saying to them. I just sound like I'm a petty guy who doesn't want to pay for an Uber. It's not that. So she's coming to me with this checklist of things that she wants on the first meeting before I've met her. And she's not um, presenting a open energy. You know, it's pretty What
0: wild. do you want for life right now, Madison? Like for the next, you know, couple years of life, what, what is your personal mission?
1: Hmm. My next personal mission is I want to have three to four investment properties. I had one when I was 24 and I had to sell it. But I'd like to have three to four investment properties. I'd like to get back into crypto and stuff like that. I'd like to create some great, some great stuff, some thought-provoking uh, philosophies about the world um, that I'd like to share. Because I'm, like I said, it might not make sense now, but I think it would be a great gift to society. I'd like to – you know, right now I'm in, I'm in Canada. Um, I'm here on intentionally because I'm spending time with family. I've had family pass away during COVID, like two members. I've Man. had uh, family members that. that are sick in the hospital, and I'm here in Canada not traveling the world because I've made a, I've made a conscious decision to live a boring – I'm on a boring mission, I call it, the boring mission. And that mission is to, like, be able to, like, drop in and see family or friends or godmother, like, once a week, somebody who's ill. I want to be able to do charity. When you're traveling the world living the Playboy lifestyle, you can't do those things. You can't have a dog that you walk <laughs> You know, two dogs. You can't get a big fence yard with dogs. Like these are things that are very simple pleasures in life. And I've, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed like you're in LA, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've lived the LA life. I've lived the mansions on the Hill, three mansions with the team. I've lived the the playboy models. I've lived all of that life. And Mm -hmm. uh, it does interest me. I still like it. I enjoy it, but I'm like a person who's like, I call it like old money versus new money. I'm like old money, you know, like these guys that had like generational like success. I'm like, eh, yeah. I did that. You ever see the guys at old money, like the guys who were actually rich, the old money guys, they were like a floppy cloth hat and like a sweatshirt yeah. from Walmart.
0: Those are the yeah. real rich uh-huh. guys.
1: Then yep. there's like these new money guys who get like the Gucci belt and like, you know, they're like, you know, yep. they're showing off with like Christian Louboutin shoes. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's new money. They're holding the, the money, money to them.
0: their ear. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Oh, the Instagram of the big stack of cash next to the ear, like NHL chopper or, or N L chopper, whatever his name is. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's like new money. I'm like old money. I'm like, oh, I've done that. It's still fun. I'll do it, but I don't need to show it off. But a lot of people in this world right now, especially people who are just getting on. They're like new money people. They're like, how many trips are we going on? You got to show me this. I want the. I want to eat at this. Listen, and I don't. really That's great for you. Enjoy it. But I've been there and I've done that. I've eaten at seven of Gordon Ramsay's restaurants. I've, in the, I've been in the kitchen ahead of private service at, at Petrus in London. Like, 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 I. What else do I need to do? <laughs> I, I if I were to if I were to never have a fancy experience again in my life, I would I'd miss it. But I don't feel the need. The need, well, especially because is you've already had it. Not there. Yeah, I know. I've already had it. I've experienced it, and also because I realized the value of it in my life um it's you know people always say you know money doesn't make you happy success doesn't make you happy uh, you, you go oh that's cuz you've had it before bro that's cuz you had it but the truth is also it's like i've perp- i've realigned my values my values my values really got realigned in the that in that 3 years where the world was shut down i realized what was important to me and i was hoping that that would be the big catalyst for change in the whole world like everybody would be like <gasps> It could all go at any time, man. The Spanish, like the Spanish flu, like the Black Plague, man. It could all go at any time. I was hoping it would be like this big global awakening. Eh, It didn't happen. We just kind of went back to OnlyFans after. (laughs) It's working on Instagram. (laughs) Uh, I was hoping it would happen, but it didn't happen. You know, the the great, the great reset. I was hoping it was here, but you know, I, I had my reset, and I was just like, oh, what do I, what, what do I value? Going to the gym, a regular gym, and the same squat rack being available like the most simple thing like think about it if you go to like all these gyms you don't have your same same squat rack you can't measure your result I just like the same squat right. rack you know week after yeah. week my protein meals like my prep meals like I just love that it makes me so happy and and it's, it's it's like what makes you happy in life does everybody watching this like what makes you happy in life versus what should make you happy in life and it's a huge yes, journey to the story that.
0: yeah yeah we have this whole story about like we need all these things right? but but you're right you need to go through the journey to discover it you have to try mm-hmm. the different things to understand what are the simple pleasures that actually matter to you right like same mm-hmm. thing with me when i was an aspiring videographer it was working with celebrities you know so then i got to live that life and be the tour like i was on tour with rappers you know and mm-hmm. and i got to live that And i don't regret it it's not like oh like it was fantastic and at that moment it was exactly what i needed to have but now i realize that I prefer to do fewer projects that make more money and have more time to go snowboarding and skating and attend my favorite comedy shows and concerts. Like that to me – like success is doing what you want to do, right? Mm-hmm. Just that for most people that don't have a lot of money, they think success means yachts. Yachts aren't even that fun for the most part. I'd rather be on a jet ski, really. Like I, you know, I, still, like, I haven't
1: been on a yacht yet. I still want to be on a yacht. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but Yeah, you're right. You're right. Like – like, like, okay, it, the thing you said was uh, jet skis, okay? So me and my buddies had this conversation like last year. We're like, what would right. bring you the most amount of pleasure for $1,000? Actually, yeah. for $3,000. If you had $3,000, what could bring you the most amount of pleasure for $3,000? We were calculating it. We're like, okay, if you were to go to France, the ticket is like a grand and a half. They can stay like a week on it. It's three, three grand. A trip to France lasts a week. And we're like, a motorcycle. If you got a motorcycle, you could ride that for years. And a motorcycle costs about a grand and the license is 500. Or a jet ski, we're like, oh, you got a jet ski? People want to go on with you. You could ride it. And we're like, we realize the things that would make you the most happy, like we call it like dollar trade off per value of unit of yes. happiness, are usually not that expensive. They're usually about yes. five hundred to a to two thousand dollars. That's it for units of happiness per money. It's really crazy. Yeah.
0: Oh like wow! Said, Bro, I'm, I'm on I'm on the same tip. It's funny because because mm. now I'm doing better than I have been financially, but the things that make me happier are increasingly cheaper. <laughs> all right <laughs> yes it's like wait i could actually afford to do other shit but i don't want it like you know i'll go to a nice restaurant for somebody like you know if it's for like a, a client or something but honestly i just like grilled chicken and potatoes like no matter how much money i make spending more than 30 bucks on chicken and potatoes isn't going to entertain me i'd rather spend an extra week snowboarding
1: right And do you a dog by the roof. way yeah i do how many dogs you got what kind of dog you got? i have
0: one a, a shepherd lab but I got Shepard him a service manager. dog certification so he can fly with me. Yeah. All right. All
1: right. Okay. So let's say this dog, this, I don't know how much a shepherd lab cost me, like a grand and a half or something like that. Cost me like 75 bucks
0: recipe. when I got him.
1: Okay. A 75. Okay. People listen to this. A $75 dog brings you like 12 years of happiness. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like so much the, happiness.
0: I, I think about right.
1: that. Yeah. $75 dog. Straight you're Like, that like, blows my mind. You know, it, it's, it's like yeah. we never sit back and think about, like I said, what should make me happy versus like what does make me happy. And I and, and and think re- it's because a lot of us haven't had those experiences.
0: Yeah. And then just realizing if, if, if we could just take a moment to realize that globally speaking, we're being programmed to identify with pain constantly, mm-hmm. right? Yes. That we're so identified with our pain that even the concept of a solution feels like pain. Pain to the pain you know that because if you were to solve my problem then that means i can no longer identify with my pain and that means uncertainty so i don't even mm-hmm. want your solution i'd rather soak in no there are no solutions there's no way to make money i'm like dude there's no way to make money like i'm an immigrant i wasn't legally allowed to work here for 10 years when i moved here like it's i dropped out of school there's ways to make money like mm-hmm. there's so many ways to make money like you, you can get a power washer and clean trash cans down the street you know like there's so many things you could do like you can get a leaf blower for a hundred bucks and then blow people's yards all weekend like there are there's infinite ways to make money and that's what i've always believed as a poor person my dad's from cuba you know like i'm a poor latin family and i learned to make money and it's so weird to me being in america how everybody here makes it seem like it's so hard to make money when it's technically never been easier like there are people in situations working in factories and 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 there are people in very shitty situations, but I've also been to other countries where they don't have running water and they wish they could live in Detroit and work at Burger King. That would be a huge step up, huge step Mm -hmm. up for them,
1: you know? Yeah, like you said, we're Um, we're constantly comparing ourselves to to the unhappiness that we don't have versus the happiness that we do. And that's the forefront of our mind. And so our brain is like constantly scanning for, it's like when you turn on the TV, the newspaper, magazines, your brain is constantly scanning our brains. I want to say include myself in that. It's constantly scanning for the threats And because our brains are like just Hardwired to look for threats It's helped us to survive for thousands of years like that Or tens of thousands of years like that Depending on who you ask evolutionarily Um, We're honestly always looking for threats And so us missing out Us not having is a threat We want to compare our status to other people So we're constantly searching for that Meanwhile not taking advantage to appreciate what we have I mean the biggest practice everybody can do is like Just start off your morning with a gratitude meditation I do one every day at around either 12 or 5 p.m., it's a midday or end of my day. I do a gratitude meditation. It takes me 20 minutes. I hate doing it. When I do it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I got this. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I live in North America. like I'm so happy to be doing that. But even if I didn't live in North America, I would still have the equal amount to everybody in my environment. So if I was in Cuba and I was living in Cuba with Cubans, ayos míos, I would have the same amount of uh, – everybody around me. So I can be grateful that we're equal without feeling like I'm missing out. But it's this power of social media makes us feel like we're never completely satisfied. But let me tell you to everybody that's thinking about this, you know, to somebody who's had all the experiences, you'll never, some of my most unhappy moments, there's two kinds, there's unhappy moments when I wasn't there for my family and friends at times of distress. And there's unhappy moments when I've been at the great wall of China with somebody who's miserable or I've been, um, you know, (laughs) (laughs) some fancy thing, like, with some like been some fancy thing with somebody who's a gold digger. I'm just like, oh, I wish this person wasn't here. I'm totally not enjoying myself. The best times I've had is when I was doing great things, people I cared about. So the yes. only reason you, I get success or money right now is to enjoy beautiful experiences with people that I care about that could not afford them on their own. It's one thing to go to Mexico by yourself, or not even Mexico, but to go to like let's say uh, Amsterdam. But if you go to Amsterdam yeah. with a group of your friends who couldn't afford it and you supply the trip, that is actual happiness. So the definition of yeah. happiness to me at this moment is being able to do things with people that I care about. Now, can I do things with people that I care about without money? Yes. And very often I just like, like make a movie night. And that's, that's, that gives yeah. me the same amount of happiness or comparable at least to like bring, uh, <laughs> bringing everybody to Amsterdam or me going to Amsterdam with somebody that I hate. Because that, that's, that's actually right. worse you going to answer with something yeah. I, I don't like that doesn't get along. That's like self-serving is worse. And then on a better side, it's like me having a movie night with people that I care about in my home city. And so the measurable yes. units of happiness um, are not necessarily related to the environment that you're in. It's who you're with and the situation yes. of those people.
0: This is what I've yes. learned my older age. Yes. For myself, at Brother, least. I, for everybody. I love it. Um, let me ask you some more direct questions about your teachings now. Because mm-hmm. um, I feel like we could literally be talking for hours. Um, I, I really love this energy. What are some of the biggest problems your students come to you with? Like when you're teaching people, your students, how to interact, how to be social, what is mm-hmm. the problem they're coming in with that you most commonly see? Hmm. That's a very That's preventing good them from connecting. Let's put, let me be more specific. Yeah. That's preventing them from currently being able to connect with people.
1: Yeah, the biggest one is I get a lot of people that are successful, let's say uh, career wise, or, okay. you know, doctor, lawyer, um, space ex engineer, uh, somebody who's made a publicly traded company, uh, somebody who has uh, done really good at their work. And because of that, they handle people like work. I call it like the work ethic. Mm. They walk up to somebody, they don't even make eye contact, they're just staring through them, and they're just like, here's my agenda, this, this this interaction. They walk up, hey, what's up, how's it going? And they're not even taking a moment to, in real time to process the feedback they're getting in front of them. The person's like crossing their arms or the person's leaning back, and they're not even seeing that. They're not even processing the information and adjusting to it in real time and having a human-to-human interaction. They're just doing with the person like they're an outside foreign object. And because of that, they take their work ethic and bring it into interactions. And that doesn't work. Mm. It doesn't work when you're meeting somebody. And it definitely doesn't work when you're trying to date somebody. You said you would be here at this time and uh, you agreed to it and da 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 And you may be right. You may be right on the person who's flaking. But when you approach it with that work ethic mentality or a mindset, that too doesn't get you very far because people are not processing interactions and emotions like that. They're just like, is this fun? Is this great? Am I enjoying it? It's as deep as they're thinking about it. So the work ethic is really hard for guys because I deal primarily with men. It's hard for men because men achieve everything else in their life through work ethic. We get muscles in the gym through work ethic. We advance in our career through that same work ethic. We um, make accomplishments in our life, which give us like value. And we say that we have accomplished these things. Therefore I'm a man. I'm successful. We we do it that way. And then when it comes to human interactions and relationships, it's the exact opposite. And we have a really hard time, uh, flipping it around. This is also true for various cultures that are very work ethic oriented. So like German people have a hard time with this. Um, anybody kind of kind of like central to Western Europe. Um, also people that have jobs like computer engineers, as I said, uh, Asian cultures, where it's okay. all about your work ethic, you know, Asian kids, they learn to play the violin, Being logical when and
0: transactional and, Absolutely. and Absolutely. rational.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And it's brought up, it's it's in their culture that they're, they're taught it when they're young. And, and uh they, they have a hard time letting go of it for them. Like, you know, a lot of Asian people will tell me when I was growing up, if I didn't get A's, my parents wouldn't like smile at me or hug me. They never told me they loved me, only when I brought home A's. It's not called Asians, wow. sorry, it's not called B'sians, it's called <laughs> Asians in school. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard that joke, but no, it, it's, that's funny. Challenge, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's what they that's what they feel like man it's just and it's a really really big thing as we identify with, we identify our, ourselves through work i think this also happened with like the, the Gary V like hustle culture and everything like that that happened was really popular the last few years like 2000 and i don't know 15 to 2019 that was really super popular i think that that was a thing that affected it as well and this is the biggest challenge that people have besides like not being able to express themselves running out of things to say feeling social anxiety the ability to connect is really because we're detached from work ethic, or we're we're too attached to work ethic, I think.
0: Wow. Wow. That's so interesting, right? Because we get rewarded for it. It is part of of a guy's mission, right, is Mm -hmm. to provide. So he would think that, oh, well, if I have great work ethic, then that means I'm doing something, I'm worthy, right? But it's about having the range of the skills, right? I forgot who said it, but I'm going to probably fuck up this quote, but they said, uh, I pity the man that's learned to fight but doesn't know how to dance, right? Ooh. It's the, it's, uh, it, was fuck, it was some, fuck,
1: I'm, I'm good at remembering that? quotes, Gee. not who
0: said it, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's about having that range, right? And when we're overly rewarded for being logical, logical, solve the problem, solve the problem, solve the problem, right? Even when you get a girlfriend, realizing that a lot of times when women bring problems, they don't necessarily want you to solve them. They want you to empathize with the pain. Right, even though you're rewarded for being a problem solver, that's something that we all struggle with as guys, right? Because we're like, I want to be Superman. I want to minimize your problem into a quick solution, but that—that mm-hmm. that basically saying that your pain isn't worth it because it's a small problem. What they want to hear is that no, your pain's totally worth it, right? But then you don't want to reinforce that too much, and it's—it's it's a lot. Of, it, these are skills that need to be taught, man. Fuck, that's why I love right. what you're, you're doing. Just,
1: thank you, bro. <laughs> thank you, bro. Yeah, I like I like the example you said with the. the 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 feeling of solving a problem like it's it's very similar to like where if your girl comes to and she goes does this dress make me look fat and you go yes hit the gym you're like I'm a guy I'm so smart I solved the problem the problem is you are hitting the gym and she's like what you, you you don't care how I feel And you're like huh feelings like what, about, what these what are these feelings you're describing I'm here to solve the problem what are you talking about it's, uh, guys have, we have, a, we have a hard time with it that's how we that's how we talk to each other as guys as well right like when you have a guy friend it's like to my the way i give value to my high value friends is i call them I'm like hey bro is there anything i can do for you any problems i can solve and they're like yo this guy's a yes. dope friend he solved my problem i have a buddy of mine right now it's my one of my fraternities and i'm like i hit him up i'm like yo you need any help with marketing or whatever you just you just opened up a store he's like oh thanks bro for coming to solve the problem like that's how we give value as dudes but we don't yeah. realize it's like only like that in our, our close circle, but not like that in the rest of the world, especially like in dealing with relationships. We, we forget that it's not how you give value in a relationship. It's not always by solving the problem. It's just like taking the phone call on a Wednesday afternoon for no reason just to hear somebody complain about how they're stressed and just take the call and just like oh, wow, oh, yeah, I would, I would feel like that too. Oh, yeah, oh,
0: yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, all right, take care. Talk later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that was the whole yeah. purpose of the call. Yeah,
0: you know? well, well, because there's a difference between what you're saying and what's that communicating, right? What mm-hmm. you're communicating when you say that is that you're safe with me. It's okay for you to feel what you're feeling. You will get through this. You're not crazy for feeling what you're feeling. I love you and, and you're safe here. Or like you're communicating all those things by listening to their problems and not solving it. Because when you try to solve it, what you're really saying is, "I want to be important during your time of problem."
1: Yes, yes, I want to be a problem solver during your time of need. It's about me rather right? Right. like that communicating. I never heard that before. I never heard that before. That's a, that's a good way to describe it. Communicating versus uh, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, that, I don't know what the right way to what the right word for it is, but it's what you're saying, and then what that says about you.
1: Yeah. Right. What you're verbalizing yeah. versus what it says about you. Yeah, yeah. Or what you're communicating versus what it says about you. Yes, I would agree with and, that. That makes a lot of sense.
0: And in the coming 12 months, if people want to learn from you, I know you sent me a, some notes of, of all kinds of interesting things that you're working on. First of all, what are the current ways that people can employ your services?
1: Um, they can apply to work with me. Uh, you mean like in terms of like websites or where they can go? The, or, or just, or, yeah, in or the, what I do. In the
0: dating coach world, or, or yeah, yeah. Stuff, right? yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I
1: actually have four, three or four companies I'm working on at the moment. Actually, so the first one is in the social skills area, right? Um, one thing is they just need to work on this area their ability to communicate, express themselves, have boundaries, uh, emotional intelligence. They can work with me through mentoring, and that mentoring is usually on a website I have called conversationmentoring.com. Uh, they can go and fill out an application. Not everybody will be selected, I do it on a case by case scenario because. I just have a limited amount of time. I can't take on 30 people in a week because that would be 30 hours and I got to do other stuff. so right limited in that. The other part is sometimes people want to do live in-person programmings uh, and we call those boot camps where we take people out to bars, lounges, nightclubs and things like that. We call it in the daytime as well. and we literally coach them face to face. We show them what to do, what's possible, we show them how to do it, and then we do it along with them. We raise them up to our level. And that's called the Bootcamp Program. And it's the leading industry program in the the industry. I've been doing that professionally for seven years. Myself, as a student for 15 years, I've been doing that. And I'm like a little angel on their shoulder, whispering in their ear what to say, what not to do, what to do, and showing, like literally demonstrate like puppet, like Geppetto, like in Pinocchio, like moving them and doing it for them. And it's one of the quickest ways to learn because it breaks down like what's possible in your mind. It shows you what's possible and gets you to do it. It cuts years off your learning curve because you're able to internalize things really fast. We have a session where we go out um we sit down and we talk at first, it's called a debrief session. We break down our pre-brief. We talk about what the mission is for the night, the exercises. We do some drills. I have over 25 drills and exercises that I do that I've acquired and put together myself. Then we go out into the field where I do the infield part. At the end of the night, we sit down and we do what's called a debrief where we break down everything that's happened in extreme detail and we make sense of the lessons. I help you find out what were things that you did that didn't work. And then I help you find out what are some things you going to replicate and things you saw me do that you want to incorporate. At the end of the whole program, it's a three day program, like usually like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. At the end of it, I set up what's called a three hundred and sixty debrief, and I do a roadmap for the next ninety days of what you can practice on and, uh, and what you can do as a thirty day challenge. And so, uh, yeah, it's a very popular program. And I've done lots of those. So those are the two that I'm doing right now. I think I'm I'm going to be releasing a uh, a digital program for free. It's going to be a mini course. That's what I sent you. Yeah. Um, mini course I'm working on, some, some ideas and theories I have to deal with modern day social climate, to deal with entitled people, to deal with uh, just how the world is. Because um, I think all the social skills that you and I had learned or were aware of a long time ago, those are still great, but they need to be updated. It's a lot like when you mm-hmm. buy an Apple iPhone, the iPhone has a certain operating software on it. And then every right. year you have to like upgrade the iPhone right or update the software at least. And yeah, every six months now, thing. fuck. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. My, my mom, my mom has a old iPad. I can't even update her software, and we have to get a new one soon. But like our brains are forever able to be upload up updated. Um, so we have a new right. operating software that's come out to deal with modern day people because people have changed. Like we said before, Zoom has changed us. TikTok has changed us. OnlyFans has changed us. Being home in our th- being home for three years has changed us. The way we think, the way we are wired in our brains has changed, and we need new operating software or social skills for this new modern day time. The old one that you have is still okay, but it's not going to get the job done. So if you want to get the job done with these social skills and be in the top 20% of people, you need to update it. And this is what I'm working on. Um, it's kind of like a, it's kind of a, a smooth alpha communication style of stuff of things. And uh, I don't have a website for that yet, but by the time this comes out, it'll be a website available. It should come out in like two or three weeks, I think. Uh, so yeah, those are, the, those are the things that I'm like working on at the moment that I'm very, very happy about. I love about. that.
0: I love that, man. And I'm glad that those things exist, you know, because I can see, you know, why some people would want to hate on on this kind of stuff. Right. But that's the same kind of people that hate on self-help in general. Like, oh, what are you going to do? Turn your life around? You know, but really, Mm -hmm. if you think about what the cost benefit analysis is, how much money do we spend because we're lonely, because we have anxiety or because we marry the wrong person? How many people's fortunes have been destroyed from being in unhealthy relationships, likely from choosing from not a place of abundance, right? So if you were to think of it that way, learning to be able to socialize, not just conceptually, but in person, in the field, actually getting that muscle memory, I think it's, it's an amazing investment. Because like we talked about earlier, it's not just about finding somebody to date. How are you gonna land a client, right? Like when I was on tour with Tyga and Diddy, I had to know how to talk to him because they were the tens of the room. They
1: mm-hmm. were the
0: tens. They're not a Playboy model, but they're they're the most perceived value person in the room when you're in a room with P. Diddy. Okay, cool. Well, how do I talk to him? Right? It, like it, it, it goes so much further than that, right? Um, even when you're in, in, in a shitty situation, if you're in a dangerous neighborhood and you got some sketchy people around you, how are you going to communicate with the sketchy people around you or be aware that they're around you and see what's happening? Peeping game, right? It's, I, I really hope. People continue to see the value in the work of the message that you're spreading, right? And and what your industry is about, right? From self help mm. to the to, to the socializing, because I think it's like the underpinning of society, right? Yep, it is like it is almost everybody that's that's been a serial killer has had some trouble with women.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's actually a fact. Usually, it's actually a fact. You know, but it, it's uh, <laughs> I I cannot disagree with what you said. I agree with everything. <laughs> That you said. And then I'd, I'd add to it. And I'd say, um, you know, it's not for everybody. There's some people that want to be upset. Some people that want to be angry. And they just watch like, it's the same people that like watch like car crash videos all day. They just want to be upset. The same people that like watch angry, like red pill content all day. They just want to be upset. But then there's a selection of people that want to look for an answer. They want actually to solve themselves. And I, I don't, I don't appeal. To people that want to stay stuck. The people that want to be sensitive snowflakes. I don't appeal to those people. People that have a PhD in making excuses <laughs> I'm not for them, but for people that want to have an answer, or a solution that want to be, you know, not snowflakes, but want to be sharks or level up their life to those people who are looking for an answer. Yeah, I can help those people. Those people who are not like living in apathy, they say, I want to live in courage. People that are stuck of uh, tired of being stuck with a bunch of friends that they don't really like. They're just kind of just settling for because they met them at school or at work. They don't really have a partner that they're proud of that they'd want to be with in five years or 10 years from now. It's definitely not the future mother of their children or father of their children, you know, and the job that kind of just like are at for the moment with a boss who doesn't respect their work or appreciate them. To those people, you know, they're, they they want to stay in that. Fine, but people that want to move out of that, there's solutions, there's options for them, you know. And usually, what holds them back is they think either they can't do it because they quit on themselves in the past. They think oh, I quit myself in the past. I've I don't stay true to my commitments. That's one reason, probably because they didn't have accountability, so they need somebody to guide them through it, or they think uh, they're a special snowflake with problems, and their problems are unique, but what we see is that everybody's going through the same experience. We're all experiencing this together. We're all experiencing this world change together and this rusty social skills together, and I fortunately have helped people from every single background. There is no special snowflake to me. I've helped literally every culture. Like You mentioned being Cuban. I have a bunch of Cuban people I've worked with. I've done programs in Cuba. Yeah. I've, you know, I've done programs in Mexico. I've done programs in Korean cultures. I've done programs in everywhere, bro, literally everywhere. So I know what people are going through. And if I've helped somebody else, I can take that same system and format and apply that to problems that are unique in your life and have a system to help you. So if people have tried something before and they failed, usually it's because they don't have the right system usually the system is not in the right system. They didn't have the information that they needed. But Once you have the right information, you can act on it and you can see dramatic improvement in your life.
0: I love that. And if you could, um, without giving away too much, you know, as, as we're heading towards a close here, what would be the most compressed piece of value you could give to people that, let's say for guys or people that identify as men for that matter, just people who want to connect mm-hmm. with other people? But they're afraid; yeah. they have anxiety, and they don't have the money to take your boot camp, and, and they can't make it there. But they're like Madison, please, if you have a minute or two to give me general advice that'll just hit. What would be the most compressed value you could give them? Okay,
1: okay, I would say one major thing that they can take and run with today is an idea that I have called painting context. So whenever there's a disagreement between two people or they don't understand you it's because they don't have the proper understanding of the situation so if you walk up to somebody and you're talking to them and you're stuttering right they might not know that you have Asperger's or autism but if you were to tell them hey I listen, I'm very nervous I actually have Asperger's and autism sometimes I stutter when I speak they would go oh okay that would open the bandwidth of the communication and they would be able to talk to you listen to you and you get along great this actually happened because I had students that had autism the Asperger's that couldn't make eye contact People would think they were on drugs. They walk around like, like this, like spaced out. They'd like, what? Why is this weird guy staring off in the space when he talks to me? I'm like, No, no, he just has Asperger's. They're like, Oh, okay. My brother has that too. And then it would just open the conversation. They'd like, be like walking, holding hands five minutes later. I'm like, What? You know? It's kind of like when you go to a job interview and in the job interview, they say, Well, I noticed in your CV, there's like two years where you didn't work. If you're just like, Yeah. You don't know, pick the context of like, Yeah, I actually went and learned a skill. At a community college or learned this skill about like you know excel sheets or whatever they're like, "Oh, you did something with your time off." then they understand it it's the same thing in all social interactions. if you're planning a date with somebody and then the person you're planning a date with they're like, um, they're like, "Oh, I'm not going to come to your house for a drink I'm not gonna, I don't go to strangers' houses if you say, "Hey, listen, you know actually." I was raised by a single parent mother and I have sisters and I respect women and I understand the definition of the word no. So if you're ever uncomfortable, that's totally fine. I'm okay with having one drink out the house. We can meet there, but I'm not in a position right now to be like just bawling <laughs> at a bar I'm bawling on a budget. We can have a drink on my rooftop. They're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. You know, just painted context of the situation. So I feel like, like yeah. a, lot of our, a lot of our disagreements in life, people are scared, people don't understand. When we're intimidated, it just really comes down to painting a picture of what's happening, or why we're doing things, why we're doing it. If people understand
0: the why, then it usually patches up all situations to make things go a lot smoother. Yes, that's so true. I actually just used that recently. There was somebody that I wanted to connect with, but then they saw something in my story that they didn't understand. And I saw that they were being kind of flaky. So then I sent them a voicemail. And just so you know, I kind of explained, here's the context of where I'm at. They mm-hmm. were like, oh, okay, great, and we're actually hanging out after this interview, right? It's yeah, like, it, 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 awesome. it really is just that. It's just say, hey, just so you know, here's where I'm at, here's where I assume you're at. If you want to do this, great. If not, then that's awesome, too. Hope you have a great week. But here's my con It's so funny you say that, because I just did that a couple of days ago, and it made such a big difference. because um, yeah, people see something,
1: they don't understand why it's happening. If you just understood, if we just understood the other side, we would be more, um, we'd be more understanding. And it's the same thing how you said with politics. In politics, you know, the left doesn't listen to the right, and the right doesn't listen to the left. We're just victim-shaming all the time and stuff like that. If we, if we just listened to each other a little bit better, we would get along as people, and people understood each other. So we just got to create that space to understand the other person a little bit more, why we're doing things, why they're doing certain things. And if we can do that, it's almost like we'll
0: a get along. It, that makes me think of a word. like a, It's almost like strategic vulnerability. Hmm.
1: Definitely, And the word strategic
0: has a weird connotation, but it's, it's about just saying, hey, here's where I'm really at. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Like when you said, like actually looking somebody in the eye and saying, look, I'm not, you know, I'm balling on a budget right now. We can go out and have one drink, but, you know, we're not going to go crazy at the bar. But if you want to go for a walk with me, if you want to go to the rooftop, we could do that. It's you're owning the situation. The ownership of the truth is more important than the, the fiction that you paint of pretending that you're balling and then going negative on your debit card you know, just to impress somebody, you, you know, you'd be better off just literally just saying like, nah, actually I'm saving money this week. But if you want to, like the more you own your situation, the more they'll believe they can't buy it. If you don't own it and you got to share it. Ooh,
1: Bars, bars, <laughs> that's bars. the artist that you drop in rhymes. <laughs> yeah. They can't, they can't buy it. If you don't own it, strategic vulnerability. I mean, that's that's the way to describe it. I never thought of it like that, but now when you say that, it makes a lot of sense. It is, it is what it is. Is that like, you know, to be not to be too, uh, to be too graphic here, but it will be sometimes you're in a romantic situation with somebody and you say, Hey, let's go home together. And then, like, it kind of stops halfway. And the person really just like maybe might have a certain cycle of the month and they don't want to sell you that. But if they just told you that, you'd be like, Oh, okay. Why don't you want to just say that? Yeah. But instead, they reject you and you feel yeah. hurt and they feel embarrassed. And like, there's sometimes you want to go to somebody's house and they're like, I just have a whole bunch of boxes and my place is a mess. Just tell me, Oh, you have. I like you, but I want to hang out with you, but, but there's a bunch of boxes in my house that I, and I didn't clean up and I'm embarrassed. And you're like, okay, cool. I'll stand outside the front door. You can put away the trash or the, the the clothes on the floor for like a minute, and then I'll come inside. That Okay, cool. It's like yeah. everything would just go better if we just explained the context around it, had that strategic vulnerability, as you said. and You know, it's like nine, nine times out of 10, it goes better. Even like disagreements in the family. You know, maybe like... uh your parents come to you and say, hey, eat, eat all your food. You didn't you didn't eat all your food. And you're like, what? Well, they just said to you, I grew up poor and I didn't have food to waste. And that's right. why I like this with you. You'd be like, oh, I get it. Okay, let me try to eat to right. this chicken to the bone now. Right? The, the reasoning yes, behind it would make sense to you. And you could see that point of view. You can agree with it. and You can either agree with it or not go along with it. But at least you would be talking from a point of like you're both neutral in the middle here.
0: Yeah. And I feel like that's a good exercise to – on the other side, too, I, I guess on the on the person giving information is to be vulnerable with it, right? And to paint the context, like you said. But then on the person receiving information, try to infer context.
1: Yes. I mean, this This is like to get really deep for a second. Not too deep, but middle, middle deep. It reminds mm-hmm. me of a uh, Charlie Munger who was Warren Buffett's partner uh, in Berkshire Hathaway. He has something he calls uh, a, my, a mental model. He calls the inversion technique, which is arguing the opposite. And when you paint context with somebody, you explain why you're doing what you're doing. It helps them in their brain, I believe to argue the opposite point of view. Uh, This Mm -hmm. is very subconscious and psychological on a deep level, but this is what it allows them to do. And so they, they can see things from your perspective and you are no longer an enemy. It removes Mm. you being an enemy. It removes you from being an adversary because they're now relating to your story in life.
0: Yes. That's great for sales. It's great for relationships. Great for all of it. This is amazing, Madison. Um, I feel like we could honestly keep talking forever. Is there any other thing that you want to share with the audience about your mission, about what you're doing, um, that you think is pertinent to this conversation? We'll probably end up yeah, having I, more. I in just the want, I just,
1: yeah, thank you, bro. First of all, I want to say thanks for having me on. And it was a good chat. You know, we we haven't really spoken before. It was good to chat and and meet and connect. And I just want to say to people to like be just be careful to what you watch. You know, and, and to if you want to see positive things in the world. Edit online in your media. Watch things like this. Watch more podcasts. Watch more interviews. Do my, more biographies because the algorithm is designed to keep you dumb, stupid, and blind. And you got to consciously make an effort to watch good content. That means like, literally go to the three dots behind beside videos that are negative and click hide or unfollow or don't show me content mm. like this. And I do that every single day. I un I hide three pieces of content. I hide. Stuff I I, every day I do three at least. I gotta do that more. You have to because it's it's designed to keep you in that negative low vibration space, and and you will be addicted to the AI sex robot when it comes in a year. (laughs) You will be if if you don't do it, and not you (laughs) particularly, but just like people in general. And I think it's it's important to do, and and we we have no choice because the way that we're going. At the pace that we're going with technology, I'm very afraid for humankind. And I've always been somebody who's been kind of like a futurist. I won't say a visionary, Mm -hmm. but a futurist. I'm usually like five years ahead of where I should be. and That's why my ideas don't usually land until they're much later. But, yeah, I was talking about this stuff like three or four years ago, and now we're here. And um, I think it's important for everybody to really value your mind. Um, Your mind is your biggest asset in life, and you have to really do all you can to protect that and safeguard it.
0: Absolutely. Well, cheers to that, bro. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you got a busy schedule. I know you got the, the genius test coming up soon. Tell me about that. Let's, let's, oh, let's yeah. end on that because yeah. you really interested in me with that. So you, what's, what's this genius test you're doing?
1: So this is something called Mensa, M-E-N-S-A. It's a worldwide organization. You have to be in the top 2% of IQs in the world to do it. So I believe it's like a – I don't remember what the, the amount is. But when I was younger, I went to college and university when I was like literally like a teenager – uh, they had a program that you can go and do it. And I ended up like dropping out. I didn't even finish school because I couldn't like study. Like people who are very intelligent have a hard time studying. They can't like sit down and like read a book properly, you know? Right. So um, I decided to go and do it again. I had, uh, so I wanted to go do the test properly. And I think that if I do it, it's not because I want to like hang around people that are intelligent. I just want to be around like minded individuals, discuss really interesting things. I think academically it might add some like, um, credibility to what I'm saying because sometimes what I say sounds so crazy. You're like, how did he arrive at that conclusion? It's like, well, this is why. Um, and also, you know, it, I also have done a cognitive behavioral therapist training, so I'm certified in that as well. So I just want to add these these things to it. I uh, have the experience, but I just want to want to make it more bulletproof what I'm saying um, because people can't see the realizations, experiences, and rationalities that I've and information I've compiled to get to this point and what I say. And if I can explain to people a little bit better, I think that'll be helpful to serve them better and make a bigger impact,
0: you know? I love it, man. Well, well, cheers to that, brother. Thank, Thank you, you, you for coming. Uh, thanks for sharing the wisdom and the story, man. And, and thanks for what you're doing out there too, man. Help, helping the the lads.
1: Yeah, yeah, helping the lads help. I'm actually helping the ladies help themselves as well, too, man. It's, like, it's wild. Like, like I, I think thinking of making a dating channel for women, but I saw, like, it can probably give me, like, a heart attack because it's very hard. It's very hard to tell people what they don't want to hear. Um But, yeah, bro, I'm just yeah. trying to bring okay. people together.
0: AKA okay. the, the Kevin Samuels journey, right?
1: Bro, I mean, the guy had a – he died of a heart issue, and a, you know, that can be brought on by stress. So, I mean, that – I'm not saying that was it, but it can be, I'm not saying it's a contributing factor, but it's a correlating factor, you know? So like, yeah. I, I, you gotta, gotta watch your energy levels, watch how you apply yourself. But I, I'd love to, um, to, to help as many people get together. I mean, I've, I've helped 15 ladies get engaged in the last four years. That's on the down low, 15 people. Oh. But I'd like to say I was a part of that and I helped them do it. And I, I'd like to continue to do that. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll start a female dating channel. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see.
0: It's probably a big market for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, there is a huge market. There's a huge market. But it's how much argument I want to do.
0: <laughs> right? You're like, is that worth yeah. the hassle? All right, Is it worth it? Well, I well, don't th- know. I don't know if it's worth <laughs> it.
1: You know? You got to
0: help yeah, people who want to help see. themselves. Facts. Facts. Well, well, thank you once again, Madison. I really appreciate you, brother.
1: Pleasure, bro. Pleasure. And uh, may the light be with you.